Welcome to the Becoming Witchy Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, of Bramble and Brimstone. Join me and my guests as we share witchy tips, aha moments, tools, and resources that have helped us on our way, and as we discuss how magic shows up in our everyday. This podcast is here to encourage and support you on your own witchy way. Thank you for joining me for episode 5 of the Becoming Witchy Podcast. I want to start by just thanking everyone who's contacted me to tell me that you've listened to the podcast. I've had a few people tell me that they think they're witches or ask me for book recommendations or tell me that they had never thought of the things that they were doing as rituals or magic before, but now they are. And this has... I've... I'm just so happy to hear all of this. This has warmed my heart so much. I love hearing from you guys, and I'm so happy you're discovering and uncovering your witchy roots, and I just want to say thank you so much for listening. And if you have questions or topics that you want to hear about, feel free to get in touch. You can always email me at podcast at brimstone.com, and I would just love to hear from you. I love hearing your stories. One more thing I want to say just before we get started is that I have a black and white tuxedo cat. Her name is Ansel, and for the past five episodes now, she has sat with me through the recording of each episode, and it's really rare for her to sit in one place for that long, especially near me, cuddling up, so she's clearly taken an interest in producing podcasts and I just want to give her a shout out because I feel like that's what she's definitely looking for. So thank you to my cat Ansel who is lovely and cuddly and sweet and just the best podcast producer. So I want to start a new segment where we reflect on the card pull from the previous episode. A really important part of learning tarot that I forgot to talk about in the first tarot episode is reflecting on the meaning of the card at a later time. So if you do a one-card pull every morning, at the end of the day, just spend a couple minutes reflecting on how that message showed up for you in your day, or how a different aspect of the card showed up, maybe one you didn't notice during your reading in the morning. In the last episode, we pulled the reversed Three of Cups. I read this as a message to slow down, to take some time to rest and refill. And the day after I recorded that episode, my husband and I went on a vacation that we had planned to visit our friends in Salem. And the whole trip really brought this energy. It was such a slow vacation in a good way. And it really refilled us. We didn't really have an agenda except to visit the ocean and spend time with our friends and of course do some witchy stuff. And that's exactly what we did. It was so refreshing and the upright meaning of the Three of Cups is friendship, gathering together, and we experienced this too in a very low-key and chill way um, of that upright meaning. And that sort of lower or softer energy meaning of the upright often comes through in the reversed meaning. So I think it's really important to note that that meaning came through uh, for us that this past uh, week since the last episode. So 
I hope that you felt um, some of this slow but joyful reversed Three of Cups energy during the past two weeks, and um, I encourage you to look back on how this card showed up for you in the past two weeks. Welcome to the seasonal corner. We are in late November now. Here in Cincinnati, we've had our first snow and our second snow. Fall is definitely coming to an end and winter is pretty much here. Because of the daylight savings time ending earlier this month, it gets dark so early now and it's rough, this shift into darkness. <laughs> but I actually visited our local conservatory this weekend with my husband and one of our friends who was visiting, and that is such a nice activity to do in the winter. If you can go to a warm greenhouse that's full of beautiful plants and just bask in the greenery and smell the earthiness, it just feels so rejuvenating during these cold gray months. So if you can do that, if you have the opportunity, I highly recommend it. And if not, I highly encourage you to get some house plants, even just one house plant, uh, to keep and care for and remind you that um, life, life keeps going, right? It's going to be okay. It'll bring you joy. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about our Witch City Salem trip. And since this episode is going to release right before Black Friday and all of the crazy holiday shopping, I also want to talk about how my witchiness helps me navigate capitalism. And this is something that I think about a lot. Witchcraft is all about intention. So shopping with intention and finding retailers that are intentional about sustainability and community is really a big part of extending magic into the everyday. I'm a huge supporter of small witchy local businesses. Obviously, right? I think I've mentioned at least one small business I love in every episode so far. And shouting out small witchy businesses and investing my money with them is one of the spells that I cast to help me manifest a better future. It's the part of my spell where I take action in the real world because I want to replace the Elon Musks and the Jeff Bezos of the world. So I'm going to support those small businesses that value community and ethical working environments and sustainability. And I just think it's a really important part of activist witchcraft. This time of year is a big time for gift giving. And I'm always trying to gift smarter and more sustainably and just use whatever small amounts of money I have in a way that supports small businesses and local economies because especially as a witch, these things are important to me. I want to preserve nature, foster a vibrant and diverse community, support artists and makers, and help to build a feminine economy that offers something better than the patriarchal capitalist systems that we have. A lot of small businesses and Etsy sellers and makers have these values just integral to their businesses, and by supporting them, you support and you grow these values. And you guys, my husband and I both work for a nonprofit, 
So we don't have a ton of money (laughs) to be spending around, so we understand that. But when and where we can, we try to keep our money going to people in places we believe in and that will do the most good. In 2020 and 2021, I think along with a lot of people, we did all of our holiday shopping or gift shopping with small local businesses or on Etsy with the search sort of limited to our area because in those early pandemic years, we were really realizing that our small business districts were so valuable to our communities. It would have been so devastating to see them go out of business. So we really became intentional about spending our money with businesses and artists that we cared about. So I just want to share a few resources for you to dive a little deeper into the concept of anti-capitalism and feminine economies, because I think these are foundational to witchcraft as activism. So there's a book by Jennifer armbrust called proposals for the feminine economy which is a beautiful short book that really lays out what a feminine economy is and how it can work and how it can take place of these capitalist patriarchal systems that are so harsh and just don't really work for anyone she talks about how the feminine feminine economy is empathetic sustainable collaborative generous and grateful which sounds so much better than our current systems based on scarcity and hierarchy and exhaustion. I just feel like it's a must read. And I'm always looking out for books on feminist business models and feminist economies. So if you know any, please email me with those recommendations. I would love it. Another resource I love is a podcast called Retail for the Rest of Us. It's by Janine of Feel Good Retail and This podcast is designed for indie retailers, so I started listening to it when I started selling things on Etsy, but I would say that a lot of the episodes are really interesting as just a consumer. And Janine is pretty witchy, and she shares this in her episodes and really uses this witchy lens, which I find so interesting, applied to business. She has a really good interview with Erica Feldman of Housewitch, where they talk really openly about small business ethos and conscious consumerism. And I just think it really addresses this idea of building better systems through supporting small businesses. And it just talks about this better way of doing business, that things don't have to be business as usual. We can create something better. I also just want to touch on this idea of how things are made and how magic and intention is infused into handmade objects. I don't know if you've ever seen The Great Pottery Throwdown, but it's a British show, a lot like The Great British Bake Off, which I think a lot of people are familiar with now. And The Great Pottery Throwdown is the same concept, but making pottery instead of baking. And one of the judges on the show, you'll see him pick up a piece that someone has made, and as soon as he holds it in his hands, he'll start crying, and he usually says something like, This has great balance. The weight is perfect. And the thing is that he can just sense a good handmade piece. It's like he can feel when someone has put everything into it just by picking it up and holding it. And I guarantee that you can feel this in things too. And this really applies to any handmade thing. You can feel the energy that's gone into something that's handmade. The more you hone your intuition, the more you'll notice this. 
You can practice it by picking up something that you know is made by a machine and picking up a similar handmade object. Ceramic mugs are a common object that you can use for this because it's pretty easy to get a hand-thrown mug and a machine-made mug. So you can practice with an object like this. And you'll be able to feel this with any handmade object. And just remember this when you're buying things or looking for gifts for people that you can feel this handmade quality to things. You can feel the energy transfer that's uh, been put into these objects. And so supporting your local makers in your community by going to craft markets and just supporting these artisans as much as you can is just a really great thing to do. Okay, let's talk about the amazing Salem trip we had and some of the amazing small businesses we encountered while we were there. This trip was only the second time that my husband and I have gotten on a plane to go somewhere since COVID started. So just all around, it was very exciting for us. Like I said, we were visiting our friends. Our friend Liz has a vintage shop called 11th House Vintage. She sells online, but she just opened a brick and mortar shop this year. And this was the first time we were able to see it in person. And it's so amazing. She has a wall of these vintage cat portraits. We're talking painted cats, embroidered cats, printed cats, fluffy and fuzzy cats, cats with bows and giant adorable eyes, just everything you've ever wanted from cat wall decor. She has clothing, jewelry, purses, decor. I got these two amazing jumpers and my husband got a little ceramic cat planter and she has a little bell that you ring when you find a vintage miracle, which just makes it so much fun. And buying vintage is so much more sustainable than buying a new fast fashion piece. It creates less waste and it supports a small business. And on her website, Liz has this holiday gift guide section where it's like a little blog about sustainable gifting and it has tips and it's really helpful and it just goes so well with everything we're talking on this episode. So I'm going to link it in the show notes and I really encourage you to go read it and to shop on our site because she's amazing and her shop is awesome. We also did a tour through Now Age Travel and it was so good. The tour we did was called Witches in the Invisible World and I'm just going to read you the description of the tour from their website. Witches are the product of the invisible world, and yet in Salem, the visual symbol of the witch is everywhere, plastered on police cars, taxi cabs, souvenir t-shirts, and tourist attractions. How can something thought of as unreal be so central to our material reality? Join local clairvoyant and DIY occult historian Melissa Nearman for an immersive small group journey through the evolution of the witch archetype. From a feared tool of persecution to a powerful modern identity, and pop culture phenomenon. Together we'll explore how our shared beliefs around the invisible world have both shaped and been shaped by the dominant institutions of our times. Not your typical Salem tour, right? My experience with most city tours is that it's something like 30 people will be on it, it's hard to ask any questions, it's hard to hear anything, you feel like you're really invading all the locals and hogging the sidewalks, but this Now Age Travel Tour is limited to a group of six people. 
So it creates a really inviting atmosphere. You don't have to struggle to hear or see anything. The tour guide, Melissa, was amazing and made everyone feel really welcomed and comfortable. She encouraged asking questions and was conversational. And it felt like you could be on that tour multiple times and it would be different and you'd learn something new every time. I highly recommend Now Age Travel if you go to Salem. They have other topics you can tour as well, and it starts and ends at House Witch, which is one of the best witchy stores. So obviously we went to House Witch, the self-proclaimed Sunbeam Treasure Palace, which is the literal vibe of walking into the shop. And I stocked up on some of their gem essences and two of their wavy cat pillows that now sit on my couch and just make my living room so much more magical. Another exciting event from our Salem trip was traveling up to the Hammond Castle Museum, which is about 30 minutes north up the coast from Salem. It's a 1920s mansion that was built by an inventor. And by mansion, like, it is a castle. It's a castle. And it's crazy and weird, but in a good way. The pamphlet we had really drove home that the owner liked playing pranks on his guests. And one of the pranks was that one of the guest rooms had invisible doors, so the guests couldn't find their way out or go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. (laughs) And oh my gosh, those guys' poor friends probably only ever visited him once. The castle also features a bridge made for cats so that they could access the gardens, which is amazing. And his wife, Irene Fenton Reynolds, sounds really interesting. She was an artist and a spiritualist and a divorcee in the 1920s, so this this was like really big news then, Um, but there was very little information about her, so I still need to look up some more about her. She didn't have a Wikipedia page, so um, it'll require a little more digging, but I really recommend a visit to the castle if you're around there. It was very interesting. And it's right on the coast, too, so you get beautiful ocean views. And we also drove up to a beach nearby so that I could just touch the water. And it was so cold and cloudy and rainy the day that we did this, but it was still just so beautiful and peaceful and wonderful. So I also want to mention one of the local-to-me witchy businesses that I'm always supporting I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and we have a wonderfully witchy store called Hierophany and Hedge. The owners, who call themselves Augur and Coil, have clearly spent a long time meticulously decorating and restoring the old building that their shop is in. The vibe is total Harry Potter, a shop straight off Diagon Alley. Outside, it's a beautiful building. The storefront has an amazing wooden sign in an old-fashioned font that really sets the mood. And when you walk into their store, it's lined with old-timey glass cabinets filled with apothecary ingredients and crystals and wands and tarot cards. And you can actually look at all of the tarot card decks that they sell, and you can go through them card by card and really establish whether you vibe with the style or not. So it's a great place to pick out a tarot deck because a lot of places won't let you look through the cards like this. So it's great when a place offers this. They have tons of witchy books. And if you're looking for a specific book and they don't have it, they'll usually order it for you, which is really great. So you can still support the small business and get the book that you want. So I got um, 
they also have jewelry and I got a Bastet ring from them once, which I'll talk about on a future Cat Magic episode. They have charms and small spells, cauldrons. They source a lot of the things that they sell from independent and local makers, and they're the nicest people. They donate sales to local charity organizations, and this is just the type of business that I want to support and that I want to succeed in my community. And I want more of this type of business in my community. So I go there for a lot of witchy supplies. And even if you don't live close enough to visit them, I'll link their Instagram in the show notes so you can find out more about them. Welcome to the Rituals That Work segment. This week, I'm sharing a sleep ritual. This is a spell that will help you drift off to sleep and sleep soundly. I'll share the ingredients that I use, but just remember that if a different herb or stone speaks strongly to you for its sleep qualities, go ahead and use that instead. And like a lot of the rituals I share, this one gets more powerful and potent with repetition. And a lot of this is due to how powerful scent is. A scent can really trigger your memory and your emotions. So. If you use the same scent to associate with sleep, you can train your body to become sleepy when you smell it. I like to do this ritual right before I get into bed. And to start, I use an amethyst. Amethyst is protective and calming and clearing. And I think it helps to slow down the thoughts running through my head. So I have an amethyst that sits on my bed, but sometimes, or sits by my bed, but sometimes I'll place it under my pillow for the ritual. You really just need to have it somewhere nearby. I also use lavender essential oil, which is calming and relaxing and soothing. I use it in a perfume roller and I put it on my wrists and on my chest. Then I'll take some slow, deep breaths and have a short mantra I use to help me focus on winding down. You can create a mantra that you say with each slow breath to help you relax. I started by doing this ritual every day for a couple of weeks, but now I really only use it when I'm having trouble sleeping or when I want to make sure that I'm really rested in the morning. But I hope it will help you to sleep well too. Welcome to the episode draw segment. We're drawing a card from the Flower Essences deck, volume one. My husband got me this last year for Yule or Christmas, and I think he got it from Etsy, but I'll try to link it in the show notes. And this deck, it has a little card that says it's for reference, research, or as an oracle deck for self-reflection and getting to know the flower essences. So we're going to shuffle and then we're going to draw a card. Oh, we got holly. Isn't that so festive? All right. It says, patterns of balance, loving and inclusive gestures to others, heartfelt compassion, ability to express gratitude to others. Oh, this is good for this time of year, right? We're going into Thanksgiving, which is obviously a really um, troubling holiday, but this time of year really lends itself to thinking about gratitude and expressing gratitude, right? When the seasons are coming to an end, the year is coming to an end, um, things are sort of wrapping up. So 
I think it's really common for people to start thinking of love and compassion and gratitude, all the things that we're grateful for that have happened through the year. So if you're getting together with your family this weekend, just try to remember how grateful, <laughs> as as troubling as that might be also, um, try to remember how grateful you are to be able to do that, to get together with your family. Um, and just everything that you're grateful for that's ha- that has happened this year. So think about that over the next two weeks as well. And in the next episode, we'll reflect on how that showed up for us um, over this time. So I hope you all have a wonderful holiday and aren't too uh, caught up in all of the shopping, that the crazy shopping that's going to happen. And I hope you all just have a great two weeks until the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Witchy podcast. Do you have questions on your Becoming Witchy journey or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast? Send us an email at podcast at brambleandbrimstone.com. If you're interested in our newsletter, head over to our show notes to find the Bramble and Brimstone Instagram where you can sign up. We would love for you to join our coven community. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, please rate and review us. It helps others find the podcast and we so appreciate your support.